Hello and welcome to the January 28th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today. And of course, it is always amazing to be out there with you as well. And it's been quite some time that you have had a chance to hear Mr. Joe's voice and quite some time for Mr. Joe to be with his family. Of course, that being my podcast family. And more often than not, when things like this occur, I have to start off by apologizing. And while, of course, I will apologize for my absence, it's actually not Mr. Joe's fault this time around, interestingly enough. Well, first and foremost, I have to start by saying I, I really, really hope that everything I say in this podcast, everything I report on, everything we talk about is... Um, actually generated and recorded and able to be sent out to my audience because, believe it or not, Mr. Joe has actually produced two podcast episodes since last week. One of them, I believe, was last Monday, and then the other one was on Friday. And I would not have had any idea that the first podcast that I produced last week... uh, (laughs) It got cut off at five and a half minutes. I mean, I produced it, I published it, I uploaded it. And if it wasn't for a relatively new listener who I'm going to get into in a minute, um, I would have had no idea. The podcast was about 32 minutes and change long. Um, It's actually probably a good thing that nobody heard that podcast. And I'll go through it in a couple of minutes as to why. Uh, because I really do believe that had anybody have heard that podcast, it would have been a um, a call for concern out there. And I think many of you would have been concerned with Mr. Joe's state of mind. Um, to make matters worse, then, of course, I produced an episode on Friday, ultimately apologizing for not being with you since Monday, And, of course, I wasn't really with you on Monday. It got cut off five minutes in. And the podcast episode from Friday, um, I think it was a little over an hour of content, completely gone. All gone. All gone. Now, uh, just so you uh, are aware of the first report going back to seven days ago today, Um, that was the one that unfortunately got cut off about five minutes into it. I'm going to say this, that day was probably the most difficult day that Mr. Joe has had possibly in about a decade. And unfortunately it wasn't just the, the Monday that I was recording. It actually had started Friday and Friday night I went to in, into what I would call a deep dark depression, which is exactly what I named my podcast on Monday of last week. Uh, Saturday morning, I quickly went into a hypomanic state of mind in which I was blurting out, screaming words, extremely happy. I even went as far as making these weird, 
faces in the mirror. I mean, I, I, this is embarrassing to say, but I was just a complete disaster. The way I was acting, the happiness, and then I have to tell you, bam, by Saturday night, it was like I got hit with a ton of bricks, and I experienced what, like I, I said, was probably the worst depression and anxiety that I've dealt with in nearly a decade, and I found the strength and the energy to come on Monday morning after, by the way, trying on multiple occasions to actually record an episode before that. If I'm going back even further, I believe I tried on a Friday to record an episode and I was unable to get the words out. And I actually tried a few nights during the weekend because my wife fell asleep early. And once I started recording, I just, I couldn't get through it. Couldn't get through it. Now, uh, Monday last week, that five-minute episode that got cut off, I just want everybody to be aware of the fact that I probably cried more on that episode than I've ever cried combining all of my episodes together. And I don't cry a lot, but I really, really broke down last Monday. And uh, I said to myself, you know what, rather than cutting all this out. I think this makes for pretty good content and uh, I left it on there, but again, apparently nobody was able to hear that. Got about five minutes in and right around the five minute mark, what I had decided to do was make mention of a very special listener. Uh, believe it or not, somebody that I met on Twitter and I think it's important I make mention of this gentleman because not only did he reach out to me, uh, extremely complimentary on my podcast itself, but he actually has his own podcast as well. And anytime I find out that somebody is in, in the podcasting industry and is producing episodes that have anything to do with mental health, specifically bipolar disorder, I absolutely think it is worth mentioning, and it's very important that I do so because there's just not enough bipolar podcasts out there. So, nevertheless, I got an interesting tweet from this gentleman. His name is Damien K, and that's D-A-M-I-A-N-K, and his handle on Twitter is at TwoHeadedBoy, that's the number two, H-E-A-D-E-D-B-O-Y, and his profile, or I guess you could call it uh, description in, on Twitter reads a little something like this, recovering bipolar addict, father of two singular daughters, mindful bipolar podcast and mindful bipolar.com blog full of piss and vinegar. Grateful. <laughs> um, so that's what it reads. Uh, just to give you that website again, and you can go right to that website and website and start downloading or listening to his podcast episodes right there. It's mindfulbipolar.com. It's spelled M-I-N-D-F-U-L-B-I-P-O-L-A-R.com. And I would highly suggest that everybody take a trip over there. Uh, if, you, if you feel like supporting another fellow in the industry, another person that uh, deals with many of the same things that we do, I really, really highly recommend. You give a listen over there to Damian K at Two-Headed Boy. See what he has to say on his podcast. I know that he has some um, addiction issues, uh, very similar to Mr. Joe, I would imagine. I haven't gotten through all his episodes yet. I believe he's about eight 
episodes in, and I will be catching up and listening as well. So, again, that was supposed to be last week, as we're in terms of me um, mentioning that about Damien, but of course, here we are a week later. So, I have to stop um, obsessing over the fact that I lost 90 minutes of content and just get over it. It has not been the first time. And based on what I told you in the beginning of this podcast, just so you're aware, things were so bad that I guess you could call it the story or the details that I just provided you with within the first seven minutes or so of our podcast today. Well, it took 32 full minutes last week. So there were things in, in, in there that I have not even gotten to today. I just, I cannot even begin to express, express, guys, how deep and dark of a depression Mr. Joe was in. I was really struggling. And um, to the point where I actually had told everybody that if they didn't hear from me in a week, it would be safe to assume that I committed myself into an inpatient hospitalization. And lo and behold, there, there we are um, a week later. Good thing. It's almost, I'm almost grateful that at least that first podcast never made it through because had that one made it through and we lost the Friday one only, you guys would have thought that I was committed. Uh, so nobody got to hear the details. Details are very simple, guys. It was, it was a mess. Mr. Joe was really struggling. And I don't want to get into what I determined and give you all the feedback based on my determination. But let's put it this way, guys. It's a very, very simple concept. I am fully, fully under the impression that my change in overall moods and the fact that I was not only up and down and ultra-rapidly cycling, ultra-rapidly I mean, and by the way, that is a diagnosis, and it's the one that Mr. Joe has, ultra-rapid cycling of mixed episodes, um, even though, um, God, it, it's amazing, because Mr. Joe is completely losing his, his train of thought, um, ah, even though um, I was ultra-rapid cycling throughout the weekend, it was very easy to put my finger on exactly what was going on, and I am under the full impression that... Smoking of marijuana, eating of marijuana had a tremendous impact on Mr. Joe, and it's just not something that agrees with me. It's something that alters my state of mind. Oh, and this is what I wanted to make mention. Not only was it ultra-rapid cycling, but Mr. Joe was delusional all weekend long. I mean, hearing voices, nonstop voices, nonstop psychosis, it was really, 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 really scary. Really scary, everybody. And I reached out to my doctor. And, of course, she couldn't get me in right away. And just like everything else, I mean, you know, ironically, my Friday episode would have a very interesting title to it that you all obviously never saw. And I entitled it Just Like That. So, Deep Dark Depression on Monday and then on Friday, Just Like That was the name of the podcast. And the theme of the podcast was very simple. Just like that, Mr. Joe was feeling better. Just like that, 
Mr. Joe figured I don't have to call my doctor and make an appointment. Just like that, Mr. Joe figured I don't have to go in and see my doctor. Just like that, eh, it was just a basic bipolar episode swing. And just like that, it was very easy to eliminate the marijuana as being the sole reason as to why I was going through that horrific time. Now, do I believe in all those things that I said on Friday that you never got to hear just like that? It wasn't the marijuana? No. I did on Friday. The purpose of that podcast was to basically let everybody know just like that, snap of a fingers, like drop of a dime, man, things just, just it's like a, 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 a switch flips. It's amazing. It really is because I went from complete misery to thinking that I would be hospitalized to feeling fine and saying just like that, everything's better. Well, let's put it this way. Just like that, (laughs) everything could get better and get worse in a hell of a quick time because this weekend, uh, We've talked about it before, everybody. We've made mention of it many, many times in terms of what stress does to us with bipolar disorder. And Mr. Joe's stress level is beyond explanation. Beyond explanation. And I've been told now by my dad and my wife that I need to calm down. I need to get over it need to stop worrying because apparently that's all Mr. Joe does is worry. Now, you tell me this, everybody. You tell me what the odds are of this happening. And this is why sometimes I just can't comprehend what goes on in life. I I really can't. I I just can't. And what I mean by that is my wife and I decided that because we have a new baby coming, and bear with me if I explain this already, I probably did. Because we have a new baby coming and my older son, Junior, who is upstairs with my daughter, my daughter has a very nice bedroom and my son has a very nice bedroom that's gigantic. It's like a dorm room. And my little guy Mickey is on the first floor with us, 20 months old, across the hall, um, not a not a tiny room, but not a huge one either. Well, we figured, listen, since we are having another baby, another child will be in the home, we need to get the little guy upstairs, bring the big guy downstairs, and when the little girl comes, the little girl and the little guy, they could share this jagunda bedroom. And I, I swear, it's like a nursery and a bedroom and a playroom all combined into one. It literally is like a dorm room. So... Um, we had some movers come and actually help me. They, they, I just couldn't do it alone. I just was not capable. I had no buddies to help me out this weekend. And, you know, my father-in-law and my dad both, you know, they're, they're older and they're certainly not doing so great when it comes to their bodies and lifting. So my, my wife had some family friends in the business and they came over and helped us move, which was very nice. Uh, but Anything that I was capable of moving, uh, eliminate the dresser, eliminate this big couch. Uh, Those were really the two big things that needed to be lifted and taken up and down. Other than that, Mr. Joe did everything on himself, by himself. Whatever had to be taken apart, I took apart. Did a lot of up and down climbing, and we got what we needed to get done. I mean, you got to remember, me and my wife were packed in a brand new home 
within 24 hours. I mean, I'm talking literally unpacked. I mean, that's how we both are. We're, we're like crazy when it comes to the obsession and cleanliness and just getting things done. And we don't like things hanging over our heads. So, of course, a couple of months in advance, we say, well, why wait till the end? Let's get this done now. We got to make it work. We're not in a huge home. And we don't have the money to make an extension right now and put on additional bedrooms. So let's make it work. So movers come, movers go in and out. Probably about an hour. Cost me a fortune. They only wanted 150 bucks. I gave them 240 Whatever. I mean, it's not a fortune, but for an hour's worth of work, $80 a piece for three men, I think that's pretty fair. But you know what? They saved me the trouble. So I figured if I ever need them again to move anybody or anywhere for any kind of thing, at least they'll know that I'm a good tipper and I'll pay well and they'll be more than happy to assist me in whatever I need. So it's good to make those relationships. So they come, they go, and we're kind of tidying up, you know, we're, we're fixing all the furniture, moving it where we want to go. And before you know, instead of 8 o'clock at night, it's now 9.30 and Mickey is still awake and he's usually in bed by no later than 8.30. So he's up till 9.30, and we say to ourselves, you know what? This is a new night for him, a new room. He's going to be in a completely different environment. Um, let's make him tired. Who cares how long he stays up for, for real? I mean, the more tired he is, the better it'll be, because hopefully he'll sleep well throughout the night. And by the way, he actually did. Very first night in his room, all by himself, upstairs. He always sleeps alone, but he was upstairs, away from us. And my little guy did well. Now, what didn't go so well, which clearly did not impact his sleep, was what I discovered at 2 a.m. on Saturday or Sunday morning. When my wife woke me up out of a sleep and she said, I don't know why, but it's still really cold up there. And I said, hmm, I put the heat up. I said, I don't understand. So I take a walk up, 2 in the morning, I look and the... the temperature thermostat is on it's working it's lit up i shut it down i hear a click i turn it back up it clicks again but of course lo and behold i go over to the baseboard heating and there's not a single drop of heat coming through so i'm like okay now my kid is going to be freezing to death and by the way it got down to like literally 52 degrees in that room. I had to go up and cover them with multiple blankets. It was horrifying, horrifying. But I said, you know what? I don't know what's going on. Uh, who knows? We'll call the oil company in the morning and see what happens. And of course, my, my night's sleep was just hor horrible because those of you with bipolar disorder, as you know, when we have something on our minds, something unexpected, we just sit and stress and think about the worst case scenario, which is what I did all Saturday. And to be honest, rightfully so, because I'm dealing with an oil company that I hate, that I should no longer be under contract with, and I have the ability to get out of contract at any time. Um, and, I, and I really should, because I called them in the morning, and it's now 8 o'clock, and unfortunately... My wife and myself and my little guy, we had plans to be at a special show from the hours of 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. So thank goodness my in-laws came over just in case the boiler man wasn't there on time. I couldn't imagine that happening because I called at 8 in the morning. Well, 
He didn't show up until 12.30, right before we had to leave. So this dummy is now running upstairs and downstairs and upstairs and downstairs. And, uh, you know, I'm not getting any answers. Like, what's the problem here? And the moral of the story is this man tells me that the thermostat, while it's fine, the wiring connection that runs from the thermostat through the home to activate the boiler for that particular zone, well, there's no electric up near the thermostat. It's not getting a charge. He doesn't feel any electricity. And guys, listen, man, those things normally don't happen in a home. Things go wrong. There's no doubt about it. But something like that is usually not going to go wrong. You know, the wiring in the wall that, um, you know, unless there's construction. And that's what he asked me. Was there any construction? I said, no, nothing at all. I thought this guy was a complete moron. I really did. But nevertheless, he, I had to leave. And I found out that he insisted it was electrical, that I had to get an electrician, but he was kind enough to hook the heat upstairs, that zone, into zone one, and I would be able to control the temperature from zone one, which, by the way, he lied about, has no bearing on anything whatsoever. What he did do was... He showed my father-in-law, who showed me, how to basically manually open up the zone so that it puts the heat upstairs. I was under the impression, like the man told me, that I can control the heat. And I figured, well, if I turn the thermostat down on the bottom, that will shut off the heat up up top. Nope. Nope. I found that out the hard way when my son went to bed last night, and instead of sleeping in the freezing cold, it was like 78 degrees in his room because the heat just kept pumping and pumping. So I had to manually turn that off. Just an absolute nightmare. Uh, I spoke with my father yesterday after it was all said and done because I'm convinced and nobody really needs to know what any of this means. But my dad and I are pretty sure I am not the best when it comes to electric. My father actually is. He started out as an electrician and eventually became a big shot in his company. But he knows his electric. I'm as good as um, literally hanging up a ceiling fan, doing that electric. I could change out a light switch, put in a dimmer, things like that. But other than that, I don't go much further. Mr. Joe is very handy when it comes to housework and, you know, building and, and repairing. But electric has just never been my thing. It really hasn't. So I, um, I was completely convinced that this dummy, well, you know, he, uh, he didn't know what he was talking about. And I tried calling them back, hoping that I can get a different dummy over at my house. But it was the same dummy, and he called, and he told me what was going on. And there was no arguing with him. He believed what he believed. He didn't care what I believed. And now I have an electrician who is also another recommendation from her father coming over later on tonight into Mr. Joe's neighborhood at 6 o'clock. And we'll see what he has to say. And I can almost guarantee he's going to tell me everything's fine. I'll be calling back this oil company. It'll just be a round robin of misery. But what does this come down to? It comes down to stress. And both my dad and my wife, like I said, are trying to convince me that this is not such a big deal. We got heat. We can create heat. If we need to, just open up that manual valve and send some heat in there and then shut it down when you, you know, when you feel like it, which is, in my opinion, extremely annoying. But 
it's it's not a big deal, according to my dad, because one, you got heat, and two, whatever the problem is, it'll be fixed. Well, not with Mr. Joe. Not with Mr. Joe, because here is the end result of what went on when I got home from the show, and I got denied from that dummy to come back to my home to look at everything again. I was so stressed out over the fact that I felt like I knew what I was talking about and nobody wanted to listen to me and that I was now going to have something in my home that was broken and I don't like having something in my home broken. I want it then, there, now. I want it fixed because that's my sick head. It just says, you got to get it fixed. You got to get it fixed. Well, it got so bad, the internal stress that Do you guys know, as a grown 43-year-old man, I had to step into a bathroom and I started hysterically crying over a potential electrical problem that involves one wire? And if it's not that, a problem on a boiler that's covered fully that would just need to be replaced. But because I didn't have an answer and I still don't, It has stressed me out to an extent that I cannot even begin to explain. So I actually sat in a bathroom and cried over the uncertainty of not knowing what was going on. And when I came out, well, my wife was, I don't want to say compassionate at all. You know, normally she is, but at this point in time, she's, you know, what's the problem? And I said... You know, we got to call an electrician. I want to call another oil company. But stop being impulsive, Mr. Joe. That's what she tells me. And you want to know Mr. Joe's reaction? Well, guys, I screamed at her like an absolute madman. F you. You don't know what the F you're talking about. I'm a two-time homeowner. You just don't give a you-know-what. Our son is going to freeze. Our son is going to sweat, blah, blah, blah. I mean, going on and on and on. And she just looked at me and she says, I've been with you long enough and known you long enough to know that when you are like this, I do not respond to you. And she just shut it down. She shut it down. And what was the end result? Well, I left her and I started crying again because now I'm crying about the fact that I just screamed my brains out. And I'm still stressed out about the uh, heat and the boiler. Of course, now I'm envisioning the absolute worst that anybody could ever imagine. And to, to bore you with the, with the thought process of what I came up with, what sick, twisted, and idiotic, ridiculous things and scenarios that I came up with based on the inoperable boiler slash thermostat, I I can't even begin to tell you. You would think, you would honestly probably all want to have me committed. Honestly. I mean, that's how completely dumb my thought process was. Now, looking back on it, I think it's dumb. Back then, it was very real to me. Again, envisioning the worst, completely unable to concentrate, couldn't think of anything but what I was thinking about, and it's just, it's amazing because when I'm in that zone, that bipolar, I guess you could call it impulsive inability to remove that racing thought from my brain. There is nothing that I can do 
to get it out of my head. Nothing. I took out an ironing board. I started ironing for clothes for the next day, for work. I mean, everything that you could imagine to try to just distract myself. And no matter what, I couldn't. You know, it, Instead, what it turns into, instead of a distraction, it turns into more of a stressful situation you know, I go in, the, I go in the, the damn laundry room and I get the ironing board. I bring it out. And, of course, the first thing that happens as I'm bringing it out, it bangs into the wall. I look at the wall and there's a huge mark on it now, you know, huge scuff mark. And I can't get it off. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, do we have the paint? What am I going to do? We're never going to be able to match that. I can't believe it. I mean, come on. So I open up the, the, the board. And the ironing board, and it makes this loud squeak that it always makes. And what does it do to me? Well, it goes right through my body and my skin. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this thing makes this noise. Like, whoop-de-doo. So now I'm ironing, okay? And what happens? The iron falls, cracks on the bottom, still usable. But the unfortunate thing here is now this plastic all over the ground. I'm stepping in it. The dogs are running through. Now a dog's got one in, one piece of plastic in its mouth. I'm trying to rip it out of the mouth. The, the, the iron is still plugged in. The baby's running over to the iron. No, don't touch it. Like a maniac. So what do I do? I pick the iron up. I say, all right, let me just put this iron down back on the ironing board. But of course, because it was cracked, it now no longer stood up straight. So what does it do? It lands on my clothing that are right on the ironing board and burns a hole in one of the fabrics. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, really, you just can't make it up. So my, my wonderful theory of distracting my racing thoughts about the heat turned into an entire series of events that really, I mean, you just can't make up. You literally just can't make it up. And... I'll tell you this, all I did was curse, scream, and yell, and ask God why he was doing those, these things to me. I, I can't believe this, God. Why would you, why would you break my iron? Why would you, I, I mean, really. It's, it's, and going back to the heat, I've been in that house for years. Never a single problem. And then all of a sudden, the one night that I decide to make the switch, that's when we have an issue. You know, there's something in my head that says maybe when the movers... We're moving around. They hit into the thermostat. But, you know, the thermostat is obviously not the thing that's broken. Apparently, it's the electric. I don't know, guys. I have all these crazy theories. And one thing I do know is that when it comes to life, man, and what we call getting thrown a curveball, I mean, it's just amazing how life works because, you know, the very least time that we expect things to go wrong and for things to happen and, you know, just when we think everything's going our way, all of a sudden... There's that curveball, and those of us with bipolar disorder, you know, it affects us tremendously. And with Mr. Joe, I will say that very similar to the weekend prior to this past weekend, in which I dealt with ultra-rapid cycling, well, I have to tell you, from the moment that stress was embedded within my body and brain, all I did was cycle back and forth wanting to cry, wanting to die, feeling okay, being happy, you know, looking forward to work, saying, oh, I can't wait for tomorrow. Oh my God, I don't even want to wake up tomorrow. I'm scared to go to bed. I can't wait to go to work. I mean, you know, like a real, just a real complete 
absolute 100% certified wackadoo. Just a wackadoo. And really, all of it's stremming, stremming, stemming from stress. Uh, you know, so, and, and stress over the fact, and, and really, end result, guys, I got an electrician coming tonight at 6. Am I worrying about it? Yes, of course, because I feel like he's not going to be able to determine the problem because I feel like now the boiler man covered up the whole problem. So I'm going to have to call the boiler man back to reproduce the original problem, then call the electrician back to see the old problem. I'm just, and guys, I don't know if any of this is even true. I don't know. I don't know because we lie to ourselves about everything. Everything about our lives is ultimately an internal struggle in our brains is really what it comes down to. Whether you're dealing with a relationship, whether you're dealing with your children, whether you're dealing with a job, whether you're dealing with health, it just seems completely and clearly evident to me that those of us with bipolar disorder just simply do not have the same ability to handle the stress levels that a regular person does. We just don't know how to manage it. And I don't care how much therapy and how many different modes of working through something we've been given, there are just some times that we simply just cannot get through it because the stress is so overwhelming and it takes over our brain. And honestly, that's how Mr. Joe has been feeling. So definitely doing a lot better as compared to last weekend. I'm I'm very sorry again that I wasn't able to get those episodes out there to you, but we are back on track. And I'm again, I'm really glad that you guys didn't have to hear Mr. Joe in that state of mind. I believe I cried over and over again throughout that episode. A lot of it I don't remember everybody, you know, when we're in those crazy states when we're fully manic or severely depressed, there are a lot of things that a lot of us don't remember. And for Mr. Joe, I can tell you right now, especially when I'm manic and I'm in that ultra animal mode, um, screaming and yelling and irritable, I, I don't remember anything afterwards. I just know something went went completely wrong based on the hurt and the destruction that I've caused and the end result based on my actions that all surround me. And I see what I've you know what I've created, what I've done. And you don't even have to remember sometimes when you get to know yourself well enough and you accept the fact that you have bipolar disorder and not everybody in this world is wrong except for you. You don't have to remember everything to recognize that you've just caused a considerable amount of destruction because that's what we do. We're impulsive. We can lie. We can steal we're not safe. We don't care about consequences. And it's unbelievable how a certain mood, a certain feeling, even if you want to take the emotion of happiness, how that can just be cut off and, and sliced down to nothing based on one traumatic event that in essence is not even traumatic. It's just something that everybody deals with. Everybody has to go through every once in a while, whoop-de-doo, your boiler broke, or your thermostat broke, or the wiring broke. Who cares? I could say that now, but I'll tell you what, 
If that electrician comes tonight and doesn't tell me what I want to hear, next thing I'm going to think is Mr. Joe's house is going to blow up for some reason. So, very sad the way that we think. Very, very sad. Um, you know, and especially those of us who, um, who cycle rapidly, in my case, ultra-rapid cycling, where it's almost like you can't get a grip on reality ever when you're in those ultra-rapid cycling moods and you're back from happy to sad, happy to sad. And um, I have to tell you again, while I was cycling last weekend, I often will brag about how the symptoms are not as intense. Well, these symptoms were real intense. They were real intense, which is why I really, I have to, I have to put it all on the uh, marijuana. Putting it all on the marijuana, everybody. I'm not smoking anymore. I haven't smoked. And I'm not, I'm not looking down on anybody who is smoking. I just have to, I have to sit here and say to myself, well, realistically, what has changed in my life that could have possibly caused psychosis, depression, Mixed episodes, mania, hypomania, and ultra-rapid cycling, whereas none of that has really gone on since last year. Not to the extent that it was. What was the change I made? Smoking marijuana. That's all. Like any other drug addict on this planet. Utilizing a reason as to why we're going to engage in this new drug, a.k.a weed, pot, whatever you want to call it, and instead of using it in a responsible way, doing it in a way where we can make ourselves actually sleep better, feel better, not abuse this drug. You know, Mr. Joe can't help himself but to get up and do what we call wake and bake, because I'm an addict, a bipolar addict who does not have any limitations, no matter how much you're medicated, when it comes down to it, if you expose yourself to, to those drugs again, if you allow that little bit of hypomania to seep through your medication-assisted treatment, and you succumb to the manic feelings of Wow, just this one time I could smoke again, or this one time I could snort again, or this one time I could pop this pill again. Come on, guys. It's never one time. It's never one time. You start that again. You know what road you're going down. With Mr. Joe, I went down the road of Wackadoo Avenue. That's really what it comes down to. Taking a one-way trip down Wackadoo Avenue, not stopping, not not passing go, not collecting anything, just looking in the windows and seeing one Wackadoo after another, you know, as we all just Wackadoo out down on Wackadoo Avenue because Mr. Joe decided to engage in marijuana smoking again. So that is gone. That has been eliminated for now. <laughs> for now. And I say that not because I don't have full intentions of remaining sober, but because, again, I'm a human being, and it just so happens that Mr. Joe has made quite a few mistakes over the last year. And um, I will make sure that I continue to be honest with everybody and let you know how I'm feeling. And obviously, any of the mistakes that I might make, um, I will always make sure that I am completely honest with my audience. And quite honestly, I'm stressed, but I'm surviving. And that's all that I can ask of you out there is to do your very best 
and just keep soldiering on. For those of you who have a mental illness and you're doing well right now, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or an addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, and by the way, this is the part where I cried last time, and I couldn't even get through the words, I will today, and I will sell, I will say, soldier on. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everybody.